Well, hello, everyone. Dwight Beal here with the Bible Reading Podcast for Victory Point. It's June 7, and as a guest, I have Diane Walters hello. with me here today. Hello. Thanks for doing this. You're welcome, I think. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll find out at the end. <laughs> so Diane, has uh, she plays the keyboards and sings with me on the worship team and mm -hmm. has done many things in this church long before I ever got here. Uh, so tell us a little bit of your history uh, oh, yeah. here. I grew up in Holland, um, married to my wonderful husband, Steve, for mm -hmm. 44 years. Who's and, been through a lot lately. Yeah, he has been through a lot lately. We've had quite a year. <laughs> <laughs> um, I work for Five Star Real Estate. I'm the office manager there. I've been there for 22 years. Wow. Yeah. And um, have been at Victory Point since it began. So we are charter members. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So do, do you have a badge or like a, um, a gold star? We should. We should <laughs> be to all the people that have been here the whole time. <laughs> so how many charter members were there? How many are left? Well, <laughs> yeah, who, I who were fellow um, charter members with you? Uh, ben Heitzmas, I know were. Mm -hmm. um, well, he put me on the spot here. I, that's okay. I'm just, yeah, I can't remember all of them. Yeah. Uh, were the dryers there right at the beginning? Or did they come in a little later? I was trying to remember if they came there at the beginning or not. Okay. I don't remember. Well, it was 20, what? 20-some, seven. Seven years ago? something like that. Yeah. 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 So. Well, thanks for sticking yeah, around. No problem. <laughs> we love it here, so. That is yeah. very cool. Well, we are going to jump into today's Bible passage. And for those of you who might be new to the podcast, we have a Bible reading plan that we just go through each week. And one of the beauties of the Bible reading plan is it kind of gets us all on the same page. Uh, we're reading and praying through similar passages. And I believe it's taken from a, what's called a lectionary. that So it cycles through the entire Bible in three years. Mm -hmm. So if we stick with it in three years, we'll go through the whole Bible. Okay. Yeah. Um, so today's passage is 1 Samuel 15, 34 to chapter 16, verse 13. So Diane, go ahead and read that for okay. us. Then Samuel went home to Ramah, and Saul returned to his house at Gibeah of Saul. Samuel never went to meet with Saul again, but he mourned constantly for him. And the Lord was sorry he ever made Saul king of Israel. Now the Lord said to Samuel, you have mourned for Saul long enough. I have rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there, for I have selected one of his sons to be my king. But Samuel asked, how can I do that? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. Take a heifer with you, the Lord replied, and say that you have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you which of his sons to anoint for me. Samuel did as the Lord instructed. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town came trembling to meet him. What's wrong, they asked. Do you come in peace? Yes, Samuel replied. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice too. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eli Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. 
But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse told his son Abinadab to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, this is not the one the Lord has chosen. Next, Jesse summoned Shemiah. But Samuel said, neither is this the one the Lord has chosen. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were pre presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel asked, are, all the, are these all the sons you have? They're still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he's out in the fields watching the sheep and goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, this is the one, anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. That was from the New Living Translation. Okay. A little I, I wondered. Yeah. I like yeah. it a lot better. <laughs> well, in the New Living, David has brown, beautiful eyes. Yes. <laughs> Whereas in the NIV, he just has handsome features. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Diane, what... As you have read through that, I see some scribbles on your sheet. Yeah. Uh, what kinds of things stood out to you in this passage? Well, I think, you know, the main thing that, that most people pull out of that is not looking at people yes. from the outward appearance. Yep. You know, you're supposed to look at the heart like God does, um, yeah. which is a great, which is a, a great, great lesson. Yeah. Um, I found it interesting in uh, the last couple of verses that Samuel anointed David and then he left. Hmm. Um, you know, it's like, he, did he give him any instructions? You know, right. Did he say, oh, you're going to be king. See you later. Uh, you know, um, you know, it does say that the spirit came in. You know, how did it say that? The spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Yeah. But I thought it was just interesting that God called David to be the king, but yet it took a long time for him to be the king mm -hmm. before that actually came true. And, right. You know, so God's call isn't always necessarily, you're going to do this right now. Mm -hmm. It's could be whatever, you know, maybe he had to be prepared. Or That's something. right. So, yeah. Is there an age that you sort of imagine that David was when he was out tending the sheep? I would have guessed like teenager. Yeah. Some oh. Somewhere in his teens. Mm -hmm. So it would, it could have been another 15 years. Right. You know, before David became king. Yeah. I think he came, became king at age 30, right? Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's a great point that with <laughs> kind of like with God, a thousand years is as a day and days. I mean, time is right. Very different for God. Right. You know, and I, and I wonder, yeah, I wonder too, if, if David was like, what was that all about? Right. Cause he just went back out and tended the sheep again. Right. I guess. And we don't really hear about this, but did did that shift his mindset? Like, okay, I, I need to start getting ready to be king. Mm -hmm. Or did he just keep being a kid? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, interesting. Uh, was there anything in this passage that, that you felt a little stumped by? Like, I, I don't get that. Um, maybe not so much stumped, but it's just kind of weird that 
obviously Samuel cared a lot for Saul, mm -hmm. um, you know, because he said he mourned constantly for him. Mm. But it just says the Lord was sorry he ever made him, made him king. So it's more like God didn't really mourn. Right. It sounds like. Right. And um, so I just thought, hmm, that's interesting that, you know, Saul really mourned, you know, and he finally said this, or Samuel mourned, and he finally said, you've mourned long enough for him. Right. I rejected him. Let's move on. So. Hey, I'm looking there, too. Um, the Lord was grieved that he had made Saul king. That's okay. what my translation so, says. Yeah. Does your say that he said he was sorry he may have made he was sorry so similar okay. but yeah yeah so the the Lord regretted it or was sorry or mm -hmm. grieved was grieved but but the Lord wasn't sitting around mourning right that's what it sounds like yeah and you know what when I didn't think about this when I read it earlier today but as you were reading it just now um, grief is a tricky thing right mm -hmm. and when we lose a loved one especially or if something tragic happens in our lives. Um, I wonder if there's, I mean, in Ecclesiastes, it says there's a time to weep and there's a time to laugh. Right. So there's, it's su suggested that there's a time for mourning, but then a time for that mourning to be done. Right. right? Mm -hmm. um, but if it's something that just strikes really, really deeply into our heart and our life, just a, a real grief, it's hard to let go of mourning. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. It almost feels sacrilegious to let it go. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was really struck when, too, when God said to Samuel, you got to let it go now. Yeah. It's time to move on. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. obviously we don't know how long that was, but. Right. Yeah. So what is the, one of the questions we like to ask is what does this passage teach us about God? How does it reflect his character? Well, I guess partly that his timing is not necessarily our timing. Mm -hmm. you know, we talk about how, you know, he called David to be king, but not right now. Right. You know, or he may call us to do something, but we have to be prepared for it first before we actually do what he calls us to do. Right. So we always have to make sure we follow his timing. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've heard the phrase that God is rarely early, but he's always on time. Yeah. <laughs> it always seems like he's late to us. Yeah, yeah. You know, but he's never late. Yeah. Uh, well, circling back to, you know, you said when most people read this passage, mm -hmm. they think of the, you know, the Lord doesn't look at the external appearance. The Lord looks at the heart. Right. Um, I feel like that's a big window into the character of God, don't mm -hmm. you? Mm -hmm. Have you experienced that principle in your life at all? As far as me judging others, you mean? Or or, or just... not wanting God to judge you externally? Oh. <laughs> or... Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it, it is a, um, it is a hard, it's hard to do as humans. You know, I deal with, you know, a hundred different people that work at five star mm -hmm. and, you know, inevitably there's going to be people that kind of rub you the wrong way, you know, yeah. and, and I've struggled just to say, you know, how do I deal with this when this person bugs me, 
Right. <laughs> you know, and, and that's what I've come down to is just say, hey, help me, you know, their child, your child. That's right. Help yeah. me to see them the way you see them. Um, right. So it's, it's hard to do, though. Yeah. But if yeah. that's the way God does it, then we should probably try to imitate that. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, did you notice, though, that even though he said, don't look at the outward appearance, David was still handsome. Interesting, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So, so what do you, why do you think he said that at that time? Since David was an yeah. attractive person, right? Do you think it was because he was a little kid? I don't know. Could be because I noticed that when you said when when Samuel took one look at Eliab mm -hmm. or however you say that Eliab, yeah. he was he was sure. Oh, yeah. he's got to be it. Yeah. But he was big and tall and strapping and strong and. Um, so I've always kind of figured that David didn't look like that. Mm -hmm. He may have been good looking, but he probably didn't look like a king. Yeah. If he was a teenager, right. you know, he would not have been as full. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what does this passage teach us about us as people or teach us about human nature? You know, the human nature is to judge people by their outer appearances. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah. So. Oh, to have the eyes of God. Mm-hmm. So the song, it, if I could look through your eyes, it's a really old song. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good song. But that is, Did you yeah, used to do that song here at Victory Point? We, I think we might have done it a couple of times way yeah. back in the day. Okay. Yeah. So you... You obviously worked with my friend, Matt McMahon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I love that guy. Me too. So here, here's an interesting question. Do any examples from your own life come to mind related? Well, I guess you've already kind of shared in the workplace. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's go past that. Okay. Um, in light of what God is saying to us in this passage today, what might be one step that you're going to take in response or a principle of truth to take with you. I feel like you may have already addressed that as well. I'm way Just, ahead of you. You are. <laughs> as you deal with people that bug you yeah, <laughs> at right. work. And hopefully none of them are listening to this right, podcast. Yeah. To be yeah. like, is it me? Is it me? Yeah. All right. Yeah, you are, you are way ahead of the game. Well... I think we should probably conclude this. I think we've uh, we've exhausted all the world's knowledge on this yeah, passage. So. There's nothing more to knowledge. say. At yeah. least our knowledge. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, cool. Well, hey, thanks for tuning in. And we have four more days with mm -hmm. Diane Walters here. So hopefully you will tune in tomorrow morning. And until then, uh, the Lord bless you and keep you. Bye-bye.